What up, what up, Wholesale to Million family? Happy Thursday. You guys, I'm bringing you guys a powerhouse. And man, it's such an honor to have this guy on my, uh, on my show. And I know you guys are going to learn a ton from this. And, um, you know, I have a pleasure to be in a mastermind with this guy, but haven't had a chance um, to sit down and pick his brain. Dude, he is a killer. And, uh, dude, he has built massive multi-million dollars, multi-multi-million dollar wealth through commercial apartment buildings. This guy's the one that's creative, using other people's money, leveraging, building wealth. He is the man, man. So, um, you know what? This interview, I actually talked talk to the wife about this this is more for me man to really to really sit down and ask you a question dude so you guys please help me welcome tim brent what up bro what's up buddy i appreciate you having me hey dude i want to say thank you so much for taking time to come on dude i really appreciate it yeah man excited to be here dude thanks for the value that you give hey no problem man. so tim let's rock and roll dude i i dude i want to hear your story bro how have how do you accomplish so so much bro just a fair story dude so, uh, dude, going through college, 03 to 07, everybody's making money in real estate. And uh, I, I decided I want to make much money. So I got involved in real estate too. So I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, moved out to New York City. And when I was in New York, I got a job as a commercial real estate agent. So I would negotiate leases for either uh, retail spaces, office spaces, or for business owners who were looking for a retail space or an office space. And uh, dude, it took me six months to close my first deal. The first transaction I closed was a little dumpy 400 square foot retail space that was leased to a falafel shop. And we leased it for $10,000 a month with a 4% annual increase and a 10, I'm sorry, it was a 12 year lease term. And I did the math on this and I was like, dude, this landlord is going to make almost $2 million over the next 12 years for this dumpy little space. It's the smallest retail space he's got. He had eight retail spaces and he had 15 stories of apartments above it. And I'm like, I'm on the wrong side of the coin. I need to be owning real estate instead of brokering real estate. So I, uh, I moved down to Charleston, South Carolina. And I think like a lot of people do, you go through that analysis paralysis stuff, you learn about uh, residual income and passive income and like this mailbox money. Like, how do I get that? And the only thing that I knew was, let me go and stockpile my own cash and let me go and get in the transactional kind of hamster wheel and do some deals so I can then save up money to then go and buy those long-term assets. And uh, that's not the case, right? You don't have to do that, but that's what I did. So I got into wholesaling. I started flipping some houses. And then I started meeting people who had cash, but maybe didn't have the, the bandwidth or the, the expertise to go out and do deals. And I started cutting deals with them. I said, hey, I'll do the work. You bring the money and let's figure out a way that's equitable for everybody. And um, so did a little bit of that. Started building a little bit of a, of a rental portfolio. Um, and then there was a group, uh, two brothers that came up to me and they're like, dude, we'll put a bunch of money with you. Um, like the reason we got into our traditional business is so we could get into like real estate eventually and invest with that. And uh, let's, let's partner up. So I signed like kind of an exclusive agreement with those guys uh, in the state of Ohio. Moved back to Ohio, got married. And uh, 2012, 2013-ish. So about seven and a half years ago, and or six and a half years ago, right? Seven? I don't even know. Whatever it was. And, uh, and then from there, dude, just I played a little bit of Monopoly, right? So we bought some high-end flips, low-end flips, um, started buying some single-family rentals, small multis, and I ended up falling into my first apartment building in uh, like January 2013. So uh, it was a little eight-unit building. And after that first year, I just kind of reflected on the business and realized I liked flipping rental properties, 
because I didn't have the stress of like the, the holding costs that, that I had with uh, traditional like retail, the HGTV kind of flips that you see. And, um, and then I like the scale that apartment buildings gave us. So we sold everything that was smaller. We sold all of our retail flips, just focused on apartment buildings. And I built it up to about 150 units within a couple of years, uh, just using the same money that they initially invested, a few hundred thousand dollars. Eventually got them up to about a million bucks that they invested. Uh, and then that partnership just kind of went south. Uh, life happens and you kind of go separate ways. And so we had to liquidate everything because everything I owned was with those partners. And so that was a little bit of a learning lesson. Um, but ended up uh, uh, selling everything uh, with a big weight off my shoulders though. And it allowed me the opportunity to kind of get into some stuff on my own and partner up with some other people who were hitting me up and all sorts of things. And so um, joined a mastermind. That was a big help and a big quantum leap forward with uh, my mindset uh, by doing that. And then dude, just focused on uh, uh, doing some flips. I was doing retail flips again, not retail, um, more like uh, turnkey business, started a management company. So it's like 15, 16, 17. Um, and then 2000, August of 2017, I realized I was, I was buying some apartment buildings and stuff too. And I just realized that 90% of my net worth was coming from my apartments and it was only like 10% of my time. So I pivoted my entire turnkey uh, flip team and into just buying apartment buildings. So I had a couple hundred units, a few hundred units at that time. Um, and dude, when you, when you fucking burn the ships, all of a sudden the universe responds in a big way. And over the past couple of years, uh, built a portfolio to 3,200 units as I'm sitting here talking to you today. Total portfolio value, a little over $250 million. And uh, total debt on that, including investor debt, is $150 million. So we got a lot of equity in the property. Um, it's not all mine. It's carved up between me, some joint venture partners, and some, uh, some equity investors. But a lot of that equity is mine. So that's cool. Bro, that's, that, that's, that's a quick and dirty of it, you know? Dude, Tim, dude, I got so much question for you, bro. Unbelievable, dude. So first of all, dude, I want to say congrats for all the success um, uh, that you have gotten now. Um, um, dude, Tim, do you mind sharing with everybody how old you are, bro? Uh, I just turned 34. <laughs> dude, so. I'm just barely scratching the surface compared to you, bro. So, dude... So Tim, I, dude, so I got so much question, bro. Like I said, dude, this interview. Right away, bro. I'm, I'm ready for it. This interview is. I, and really I'm an open book, dude. Whatever you want to ask me, go ahead and ask me. I'm, I'm totally transparent and all that stuff. Cool, dude. For, for, for everyone that's listening, listen. Tim and I didn't prepare for this. I don't know any of Tim's stories. I, I, I just, I just heard about him on some uh, uh, podcast. Some other people that said, "Hey, Kong, you gotta hook up with this guy, dude. He's such a player, dude. You gotta." So, dude, I'm such a such an honor, bro. So now, Tim, you got it. So you started out as a as an agent. Yeah, like like you know, when I was going through college, I had one of these like college painting companies. So I had uh -huh. a couple of buddies like running. So I knew a little bit about construction. I understood real estate a little bit. I interned for one of the largest home builders in the country. So I understood like a little bit of the sales type side of things. And um, uh, but my first like entrepreneurial endeavor into real estate. Um, outside of the construction stuff was, yeah, becoming a real estate agent. So uh, got my license out of New York City. Dude, it was like the blind leading the blind. Like I, I worked for this little boutique firm and they knew a little bit about what they were doing, but not really. And I just kind of fell into some stuff and uh, just had, had a good work ethic though, right? And so I think when uh, you lack some skill, you need to make, make up for it with, with effort. Uh -huh. um, I had to go through a lot more numbers than the guys who were more seasoned than me, but 
uh, you know, just kind of networked and I, and I, and I postured up with whatever I, whatever I did do, you know, I didn't have experience. So I went to the landlords and I went to these business owners. I said, listen, dude, that guy's got more experience than me, right? He might have more connections than me, but like, you will not find somebody who will work their ass off harder than I will, right? If you want to call me at two o'clock in the morning, you need me to go swing by the property. You can call me at two o'clock in the morning. I'll get, I'll get out of bed, get dressed, go to the property and make sure it's locked up. Like whatever you need, I promise you I will do it. And I, that's, that's like the posture that I took with, uh, with some people because I didn't, I didn't know what else value that I could give to them, right? And so um, a lot of these entrepreneurs who had been in the game for a long time, they're tired of people who are just putzing around and don't have that ownership mentality. They, uh, they, I, I guess I appealed to them. And so they're like, Hey man, I'll give you the listing. I, you know, I like your, I like your attitude kid. One of those kinds of things. Right. And, um, and it opened up a couple of doors for me. I, I didn't get a lot of listings, but I got a few. Um, and, and they were, although they were like smaller listings off, you know, $3,000 a month rent. That's still pretty, it's small for New York city, but it's still pretty big for like anywhere else in the country. Right. Or a $10,000 a month rent or a, uh, um, there's no, another one I got was $25,000 a month rent on 23rd street, West 23rd in, in, uh, uh, in Manhattan. And so like, I just took that kind of posture, but, uh, as soon as I dude, as soon as I closed that first deal, I was like, I'm out of here. I can't be brokering this stuff. I need to be owning real estate. And I didn't think I could own anything in, in uh, New York city. So I moved down to Charleston, South Carolina. And when I was down in Charleston, uh, this is right when the market tanked, right? So now it's like 2008 going into 2009, Lehman Brothers go out of business, like everybody's scrambling, all the news articles are saying run from real estate. And uh, I was like, dude, that's, I, I, I'm just getting in, right? Like I can't run yet. This is the only thing I ever knew. And so uh, uh, I remember going through that analysis paralysis phase for a little bit. And then realizing, dude, I'm not going to learn how to swim until I jump in the water, right? I need to, I need to actually do it. So I need to go buy a house. And, and that's like the best advice that I could give anybody starting out. Like, don't be a pansy. Just go out and buy a friggin' house. Go buy a single family house for 50 grand. Dude, you're not going to lose money on that, right? Or you, if you do, you're not going to go bankrupt. Um, so just go buy a friggin' house like, and just learn, go through that experience, see what you like, what you don't like out of that whole thing. And, uh, and that's what I did, dude. I, I didn't have any money. I'm, I'm a punk 23-year-old kid at the time. Um, it's a worst housing recession in 100 years. And I just called up my credit card company. I was like, hey, guys, I need you to increase my limit. Will you guys give me $100,000? And they're like, no. Your, your, your card's been open for about 14 months. There's no chance we're going to give you a $100,000 limit. But they gave me 15000 and that, that's a lesson in itself too. Just ask. You got to ask, right? And so I asked for it and they gave it to me and I went and bought the cheapest house on the MLS for $14,000. I, I physically did all the work to it. It was in, all in for about 19 grand. And then I, dude, I just knocked on doors and I knocked on the neighbor's door. And then one of the neighbors is like, yeah, I'll buy it for $33,000. So I made like $14,000 inside 75 days in the worst housing recession on my first deal that I ever did. And the reality, like, like the lesson in this, some little ones, but dude, like even when you don't think you have the re the resources, I don't have the time, I don't have the money, I don't have the knowledge, uh, I don't have the resources. Like I remember Tony Robbins saying, resourcefulness is the ultimate resource. So if you're resourceful, you can go out and find those resources. And uh, and the way that you become more resourceful is not by telling yourself I can't do something. Like that's a statement that shuts down your brain. You just got to ask yourself questions like how do I? How can I make it happen? How can I find the money? How can I? find a deal. Like when you start asking yourself questions like that, those are empowering questions. They're good questions. It leads you down a road when you ask a question to get an answer, right? And maybe to more questions. And so, uh, dude, by asking yourself questions and asking yourself good questions, it leads to really good answers. 
and it leaves it more opportunity. It gets creative juices flowing and uh, all of a sudden you get started doing some deals. Dude, Tim, absolutely agree, man. So now, dude, okay. So you, be, so I want to know what age to what, dude, I want to know what age to what age did, how long did you did, how long did you do the agent thing for? Uh, six months, like nine months. <laughs> and how old were you at that time, bro? Uh, I was just turned 22 until I was about 23. So about a year, I, I probably did it. Gotcha. Okay. Then I moved down to Charleston, South Carolina, right before I turned, or like right when I turned 23. Okay. I went through analysis paralysis for six months, bought my first house, um, uh, bought it and flipped it right before I turned 24. And so um, that's cool. Then I get into wholesaling, right? Yep. And then, and then I start meeting a couple people with a couple bucks. And dude, I, I, bought, I bought nine units and I had nine units in my portfolio at the age of, I'd say 25, okay. 26, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, plus my primary residence, which I had two buddies living with me, pay me rent, which essentially covered all my that. So like, I didn't have a big portfolio, but what's crazy is at the age of 25, 26 years old, I was financially free, right? I had 10 houses, 10 units. And after all expenses and after all debt service was paid, I had $3,000 of net cash flow coming in on a, uh, on a monthly basis. And dude, I'm a, I'm a 25 year old, you know, bachelor living down in Charleston, South Carolina. And, uh, at the end of the day, man, my, my overhead was like $2,000 a month. Right. So, uh, I'm financially free. I'm not rich, but I'm, but I'm, but I'm free. Like I can go and, uh, sit on a beach all day if I felt like it. Right. And, uh, uh, somebody else is paying down my debt service. Somebody's, you know, paying for all the operating expenses for the property. And I'm like, dude, this is amazing. What if I could 10 exit, hundred exit, a thousand exit? Like, what would that look like? And, uh, um, so right when I was like 25 doing this, like 26, I got into a network marketing company that was really good from like people that I met and it made a lot of sense. It was like, you know, electricity and natural gas and that kind of stuff. Uh, so it made sense to parallel with real estate, but the reality is, dude, there's no money in, in a margin of a, of a utility bill. Right. So, um, I, I learned a lot about personal development, a lot about entrepreneurship, and that was like a really, really good experience, but I was totally broke. Like I was burning, you know, doing all these home meetings, all that nonsense. And, uh, but I get, but dude led me to where I am. So I'm not salty about it at all. It's just, uh, it, I wish I didn't do it as long as I guess I did. Uh, so for two years I did that. And then I remember in, in 2012, I sold my property even to do that. And I remember in 2012, just like sitting in my house at $25,000 of, of uh, credit card debt. I had about 70 bucks in the bank account. I was paying for, um, it was August of 2012. It was this month of 2012. Um, I was paying for like, like the gas in my car with the coins out of the cup holder, right? Like, like here's a dollar 25 for gas. It was fucking embarrassing, dude. And wow. so I had to borrow money to make the minimum payment on my credit card. Um, it was just like, dude, I remember like crying and thinking like, what am I doing? The only thing, the only asset that I had was my house, my primary residence. And, uh, I decided to sell it, dude. Like it was an awesome house. I really, uh, it was a shitty, shitty decision that I had to make, but I sold the house, pulled the equity out. I had about $50,000 of equity in it. Uh, paid down some debt, bought an engagement ring for my, my girlfriend, my wife now. Uh, I don't think she knew how broke I was. <laughs> and then, um, 
uh, gave me a little bit of cash to kind of just sit on. And that's when uh, these two brothers reached out to me out of New York. I met them through the network marketing company. And they, uh, they said, hey man, reason we got into this is to get into real estate. So uh, they put up a few hundred thousand dollars at the age of when I was 20, I'm 27 now. Um, so they put up a couple hundred thousand dollars. It goes really well for about a year. They infuse a little bit more money in, about a year and a half, two years in. Um, so we're up to about a million bucks that they invested. And I turned into about three and a half million dollars in over the course of three and a half, four years. So uh, that's cool. But, you know, just again, life happens, dude. I got married. I got a kid. Um, you know, there were, there were some expectations that were set that were not being met. Um, I think on their end, they think on my end, like, dude, depends on who you talk, talk to right. and the truth is somewhere in the middle. So I'm not even going to go down that road, but at the end of the day, dude, we just, we, we got into kind of a, a messy breakup and we decided to just liquidate everything. So that happened in 2015. So right when I was about 30 years old, uh, that's when all that went down. Um, and we decided to liquidate everything, but then it allowed me to go and start wholesaling again, allowed me to go and start do, like doing some flips and some turnkey stuff in 15 and 16 and, uh, started a management company in 2016 and, you know, just kind of like, dude, you go down the path, right? Like you're, 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 you're following the money, you're following the business, you're trying to figure out, you know, what you want to do. And I was, I was, uh, raising some money and signing on some loans for some buddies of mine who were, who were, uh, buying apartment buildings. And again, 20, it was 2017, August of 2017. I'm looking at my life, looking at my business, realizing 90% of my net worth came from my apartments. And it was only 10% of my, of my work, 10% of my time. And so I said, dude, what if we pivoted the team? I had about three, 400 units at that time. Um, I was pretty passive in. So what if I pivoted my turnkey operation where I'm buying a house, single family house, fixing it all up, putting a tenant in place, packaging it with my management company, and then selling it to some white collar professional. What if I pivot that team and instead of building somebody else's wealth, I start building my wealth, right? And I took my acquisitions guy and I said, hey, instead of buying houses, we're going to start only buying apartments. Great. My project manager who's renovating houses, where you're only going to be renovating apartments. Great. My dispositions guy who was selling houses, you're only going to be managing the management company, managing apartments. Cool. So it was a small pivot from an operational basis. I don't have a big team. I have, there were five guys on my team at that time. Um, but it was a, it was a big pivot from a mindset shift. It was a quantum leap, you know, for, of a mindset shift. And, uh, like I said, dude, like, like when you burn the ships and you just declare to the universe, like, here's what I'm doing. And, and with confidence, it's freaking, I, I don't know what it is, dude. Law of attraction, fate, God, whatever you want to call it. Like, it comes around, it comes around in a big way. And, uh, from, from making decisive decisions, um, and declarations, like it's, it's wild. So the, the next deal that comes across our plate was, uh, was an 11 unit apartment building too much work. We didn't want to put any, we didn't want to do all the work that it took. So we wholesaled it. We, we walked away with an $87,000 net wholesale fee. There's the next deal. That's what you saw. Like I'm, I'm, I'm battling for seven to $10,000 on these, on these turnkey deals. Every turnkey flip that I was doing very low margin, um, but high volume that we were doing. And I did do one, my first friggin' my next apartment deals, $87,000. So that gives us enough cash in the bank to cover overhead for a few months. And, uh, and then we, we, you know, we kept on seeing all the single family stuff through to uh, completion that was already in the pipeline. And then dude, by, by six months later, we're buying a 20 unit. We're buying a 44 unit. We're buying a, uh, a 14 unit. We bought a 36 unit, a 24 unit. And like, 
Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, an 80 unit pops up. And then all of a sudden, a 48 unit pops up. And then all of a sudden, I took down 730 units in a single package. And it took my portfolio to, uh, I don't know, 1,500 units last summer. Um, and and, and that, that then gives you enough of a balance sheet and gives you enough. Uh, um, dude, I had to raise 4 million bucks in 48 hours on that deal because my passive money, uh, my private lender kind of fell through. So, that, I mean, I can go down to that, that road. But... It, it planted so many seeds with private money lenders that now I had access to a bunch of private money. I had the balance sheet that I needed to sponsor pretty much any size loan. So dude, after, after last summer, I'm like, let's turn this thing on. And I picked up uh, 1700 units, dude, in the past year. Dude, Tim, we got about, dude, we got about like maybe 10, 15 minutes, dude. I got so much question, bro. Dude, <laughs> Dude, I've not gotten so much question on, 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 on any of my interview because I'm so like intrigued about this, bro, because, dude, you have built such a massive amount of wealth at such a young age that I had, dude, I have so much respect. That's why I was like, dude, I got so much questions. So now, so, so, so dude, Tim, so how, 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 dude, how long did you wholesale for, bro? Uh, I don't know. I was, I was, you know, wholesaling and doing some turnkey stuff for a couple of years, probably about two years. We still wholesale some, some apartment buildings. I got an 18 unit. We just contracted. We'll wholesale it, make about 50 G's on it. That's cool. Um, I know a lot of people who are buying smaller buildings that are just too small for me or they're more C class. I only buy in A and B class areas. Uh, so we come across a lot of deals that we don't move on and we just wholesale those off. So dude, I love wholesaling. I love wholesaling at the peak of a market because it's a very low risk uh, type of a, a moneymaker. Um, I do. The reality is like, sometimes it takes time. There's been a lot more money going out for me over the past few years than coming in. Like this year has been the, the first big year with some big windfalls of refi proceeds and all the cash flow starts kicking off and, uh, all these other things. So it's nice to like have some big chunks of cash from wholesaling apartment buildings, uh, as well. But I, like, that's something that, that I still do and I'll probably continue to do it. Gotcha, man. Okay. So, 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 dude, you're, you're saying, so basically, Tim, for, for you two, it's kind of a step at a time, right? You first got in, kind of dipping, being an agent, then went into wholesaling for a little bit, did a little fix and flip, right? And then it just kind of merged you in to the next step, to the next step, and it lead to where you are today, right? Yeah. I, I, and I think a lot of investors go through that transition. You know, they start out either as an agent or a wholesaler and they start getting into retail flips because they think that's like the cool thing because on HGTV. And then as soon as you start doing retail flips, you're like, fuck this. I'm not doing retail flips anymore. And then they start rolling into like uh, either doing turnkey or buying some single family rentals or small multifamily rentals. And dude, everybody thinks commercial is like super complicated and, and mm. uh, it's like above their, their skill set. The reality is it's not, dude. It's the same exact thing as residential. I, I find deals the same way in my commercial deals as I did in the residential side. Um, you know, like I, I, there's, I raise money the same way. I just structure it a little bit differently. I go and get financing. Financing is easier with commercial than it is with residential. It's easier for me to get, uh, it's easier for me to get a $3 million commercial loan than it is to get me, for me to get a $300,000 residential loan. As crazy as that is. It makes no sense, dude. Dude. Um, <laughs> dude. So, we, you know, renovations is actually easier because you're yeah. just picking a single unit and you're, you're renovating that unit a hundred times, right? It's the exact same flooring, exact same fixtures versus, versus single family like flips where everything's custom. Everything's a different style depending on the neighborhood and the style of the house. So, like, Dude, I could take you to my properties in South Carolina, Georgia, Ohio, Texas, Florida, or Oklahoma taking the living room con spin you around a bunch of times and then ask you where the hell you are. You wouldn't know because they all look exactly the same. 
Wow, it's dude. Okay. There's so much scale in that, you know? <sighs> okay, dude. So, Tim, at, okay, because everybody wants to know this, man. Obviously, you know, not everybody out there wants to be a millionaire or needs to be a multimillionaire, right? Everybody wants to get to the financial freedom part, dude. I understand. And you mentioned at 25, you got about nine units, right? You got nine units. You got a passive income. Now, you're in South Carolina. Everybody, so, dude, I, I want, because I, my audience, I'm my Majority of my audience is starting out with very little money, no cash, you know. Um, so how do you, so now for them to start building that passive income, are, are you, so you're, you're buying property in an area that is less expensive, right? I mean, how much do these nine units cost you, bro? And, and dude, the other thing is I'm buying these when I was, it was just 2010, right? Yep. This is like the basement barrel. I'm buying houses for twenty to twenty-five thousand dollars a pop, right? So, different story. Those same houses are selling for seventy-five to a hundred thousand dollars today. Right. Uh, same exact houses. Um, so, dude, it just kind of like, but that doesn't mean that there's not deals out there, right? You can find motivated sellers in any market. Uh, you can negotiate the price point. There's still people who care more about just a cash sale and no headaches than they do about getting the top dollar that they want for for properties. Um, but yeah, man, dude, I just had people who, who said, hey, I got access to money. Why don't you go out and find the deals and you manage it and you find them and you, you renovate them and all that kind of stuff. And I did, dude, I did all of it, right? And I gave up. I remember on that, I bought a package of, let's see, it was one, two, there's five houses. I bought five houses. Um, this dude put up the money and uh, uh, we bought them, renovated them. I renovated, renovated them. I managed them and uh, got them all occupied great. They're cash flowing. We're splitting all the cash flow. And the deal was like a year later, I'd refinance, cash him out. And then whatever the spread was, um, I could, I could buy him out. So we had a couple of bucks that came off the table when we refinanced these things. And I just bought that guy out. And then I owned it hundred percent myself. Um, and then that, that's what allowed me that cash flow, um, to, to then be able to have, be financially free. Right. And so dude, you just gotta be creative. Like, especially if you don't have money or you don't have access to money, dude, you, you, you're gonna have to give up a bunch of the deal. Those guys who brought, you know, 300 grand initially and then up to a million bucks uh, when I first came back to Cleveland, Ohio, I gave them 67% of every deal I did for the first 250 deals I did. And somebody would be like, oh dude, I'd never give up to sexies. Oh my gosh, why would you give up that much money? Dude, the reality is I built a hell of a resume by doing that. Right. And, and I got a lot of, of respect and accolades in the community because people saw me doing deals and, and it, it built a reputation for me of somebody who could find good deals, who, somebody who could execute on good deals, somebody who could stabilize and manage good deal. Right. And so, so when that partnership fell apart, I had a ton of opportunities that then I didn't have to give up 67%, right? I built enough of a resume, had enough deals under my belt, learned on somebody else's dime. So then I can go and now I can posture up. Now I can keep 80% of a deal. I can keep 90% of a deal. I'll keep 100% of a deal if I wanted to. I still pay my investors. I still give my investors equity and perpetuity in all my deals because then they see me as a long-term partner and they want to keep on doing more deals with me. And I, dude, I'm more of a, I'm more of a, hey, I'd rather have a quarter of a watermelon than 100% of a grape. You know, that's more my mindset. Mine's more just abundance. I'd rather have more deals, a smaller percentage of those deals spread across multiple partners, multiple markets, uh, be my, more diversified. And at the end of the day, just focus on what I'm good at, what my unique ability is, 
and then bring in people who can do the other stuff better than what I can do, right? Like the, the operators, the project managers, like that's not me. I'm really good at raising money. I got a big balance sheet. I can mentor, I can coach, I can do a lot of marketing. I can get a lot of deal flow coming in. Uh, but from like the, the project management, managing contractors, managing the management company, like I can do it, but it's very draining for me. I want to focus on driver activities, not drainer activities. Mm -hmm. So I bring in somebody who's really good at the operations. I have a COO, I have a joint venture partner. I have other people who are spreadsheet data analytic oriented, and they're really good at that. That's a driver for them. If I, if I ask them to get on a podcast, dude, that's a very draining thing. I'd have to go take a two hour break to kind of re-energize. So focus on your unique ability staff out the things or partner up on the things that are not your unique ability and uh, that where people can then compliment your weakness, but not dance on your strengths, you know? Yeah, dude, dude, Tim, what do when, when we meet a CG, are you going to go to the one in uh, Florida? Or yeah, not? I'll be there. Oh, dude, dude, I would like just some time, bro, just to sit down and dive in a little bit more into the details, bro. So for me, you know, for, for like, I don't know how other people interview, dude. For me, I like to look at the age. Okay, from this age to this age, what were you doing? What happened? And then from this age, dude, I want to dive in more of that so I can, sure. you know, I can look at myself and how I can adjust, bro. So, dude, okay. So, Tim, earlier, um, earlier you mentioned that, uh, you know, follow the money. Now, for so I I, I want to get your honest opinion, bro. Because some people said, "Hey, follow your passion, and the money will come." I mean, how, what do you think about that, bro? Yeah. So, uh, dude, I I agree. I don't know. If following your passion, I would say, provide value, and then the money will come. So, uh, if you can find a way to generate revenue, like there's there's a way to provide value through your passion, then yes, you can monetize that. Um, Dude, I'm, I'm passionate about, I don't know, taking a run in the woods. Can I monetize it? Maybe. Mm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I'd have to figure that out, right? I'm taking a run on the beach or, or, you know, drinking cocktails on a boat. Like that's, can I monetize it? Maybe. Maybe there, I mean, there's people on social media who have followings because they travel the world and show people all the cool shit that they do. Um, maybe, but they're providing value, right? And how are they providing value? They're telling people about where to go and what to eat, where, where to get food and where to grab cool drinks and you know, all that kind of stuff. So as long as you're providing value, yes, the money will come. Uh, for me, dude, like uh, my, 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 my driver was, was making money. And so uh, when, you're, when you're not making a lot of money and you're just trying to figure out how to keep your head above water and how to keep the lights on, uh, you get, the market was, was shifting a lot in 2009 to 2014, right? So like the big thing when I first got started was, was there were foreclosures and then there's these loan modifications and then there's just short sales. And then there's like, uh, just like, dude, there were a lot of different strategies to get involved in real estate. You can try a few of them. Um, what I see a lot of people doing is saying, hell yeah, my focus is real estate. Real estate is not a focus. Real estate is an industry, right? Like you need to be focused on something. And the more niche you get, the more rich you get, right? I like and that. so for me, my niche is apartments. And inside apartments, I don't buy all apartments. I buy A and B class areas that are distressed, that are, that are 80 units or bigger. So why is that? Because it's bigger than most small investors can get involved with. They don't have the balance sheet. They don't have the experience to qualify for those loans. And it's distressed because the, real, the REITs and the hedge funds don't want anything to do with it. They just want to buy something that's stabilized, turnkey, 
they buy it and it's cash flowing from day one because they don't want to get their hands dirty, right? They don't want to roll up their sleeves and actually do any work. They just want to be able to deploy money. So I've found this niche uh, for me where I can go in and buy big buildings that nobody else is willing to touch or nobody else is qualified to touch. And I can go and buy these things that are 100, 150, 200 units, five to 10 to $20 million projects. And uh, I can get into those projects and there's, a, there's not as much competition for me uh, because I have, the, I have the, the track record for it. So that is how niche I get. A and B class areas only, heavy value adds for the most part, and uh, secondary tertiary markets like Savannah, Georgia, Charleston, South Carolina, uh, Cleveland, Ohio, right? I'm not, in, I'm not in San Diego. I'm not in Dallas. I'm not in New York or Miami. I'm in secondary tertiary kind of cities uh, in the Midwest and the Southeast. And that's just, that's my model. Will I ever get into that, that other stuff? Yeah, but not right now. It's too, too competitive, too hot. They're selling at prices that don't make any sense. So I'm going to wait for the market to shift. And then, uh, um, when interest rates go up and they can't refinance and they can't sell, and then the, the bank takes those properties back, I'm going to go into those bigger markets. That's, that's my goal. Nice, bro. Dude, dude, Tim, real talk, bro. I like, dude, my wife and I, since the age of 18, bro, we're all about follow the money, dude. We're, we're about, hey, get to the financial freedom, then use the money to do the thing that we love. Most yeah. people follow the passion. Go ahead and try to follow your passion when you can't make the money and put the food on the table and, and you know, that's when you start, you know what I mean, dude? So yeah, man, for me, for us, dude, it's all about. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, sorry, I don't mean to inter interrupt you. No, no, you. no, no, that's, you go ahead, Tim. No, nah, it's just, dude, you gotta, you gotta go and, like you cannot make an impact in the world if you're not making any friggin' money, right? So you gotta go out and make money. Uh, sometimes doing shit that you don't wanna do. Like, dude, I was renovating houses. I remember walking into houses and, and with bug bombs, as I open the door, roaches are falling on my head, right? As I walk out, there's, there's fleas up to my, up to my uh, waist. Like, I don't want to do that. I'm not passionate about that. I needed to do it in order to make money and in order to save money because I didn't have any access to capital back then. I didn't have any of my own money back then. So like, dude, some, like everybody wants to be this magician where they don't have to do any work and they have all these other people going out and doing everything and they're not willing to go to the property. Dude, let me, let me give you an example. I, I have somebody on my team right now who we have a HUD, a HUD property inspection going on right now at one of my properties. We've been notified two months where for the past two months where there's a list of all these things that need to be taken care of at the property. Okay. HUD is there today. We went there two days ago and nothing on the list was done. Okay. Well, you know, I, you know it's hard to get quotes. And uh, I said, dude, you should be sleeping at this friggin' property over the next three days to ensure all this shit gets done. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm not going to sleep at a property. Okay. Conversely, I have some partners down in Georgia. These guys, I own probably of my entire, like most of my portfolio is with these guys, probably 2,000, 2,500 units, something like that, are, are with these, uh, these partners of mine. About 2,500, okay? Of that, these guys have a considerable amount of the equity. Probably about, it's, it's, it's two guys. They're worth probably $25 million a piece just on the stuff that's, that they're doing with me, okay? You know what they do? They're three hours away from the property. They go down to uh, this area that we have a bunch of properties and they sleep in a B-class apartment unit on a blow-up mattress three nights every single week. 
for a year and a half. That's the kind of work ethic and mentality that they have. And that's why they're worth $50 million. When I go to somebody who's not even worth $50,000, I say, dude, you got to go to this property and fucking live there for the next three days to make sure that we pass this HUD inspection. You know what he says? Oh, dude, I would never do that. That's why you're not worth $50 million. Dude, you got to get, you got to roll up your sleeves and do the friggin' work sometimes, man. Like just do the work. Dude, Tim, bro, dude, hands down agree, dude. Just like what you said, dude. Like everybody just wants to, oh, follow the passion, seeing everybody doing all the things, all the fun things. And they're like, oh yeah, maybe I should follow my passion. But they don't understand all the, all the work that went behind it until they build a team and all that. The, the person did everything that they didn't want to do until they get to a point to do everything they wanted to do. Dude, okay. Dude, and, and, and listen, we're in real estate, bro. Like this is not an experiment. This isn't like some startup tech company. Yeah. This is like since the dawn of civilization, wealth has been measured in land ownership. Think about that. Dude, like this, this, you know, the shit's going to work. It's just a matter of time. So, so it's not like, like you're following this path and on blind faith, like it does work. I promise you it works. Everybody like million, more millionaires and billionaires have been made in real estate than any other industry combined. And everybody who makes their money anywhere else puts their money into real estate because of how stable it is. So again, it's not an experiment, dude. At the end of the day, you just got to do the work and it's a season of your life. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm 34 years old, worth multiple eight figures. I, I have... Uh, I got a couple of properties that need to be stabilized. And when it's all said and done, dude, I'll have multiple, not, not multiple, but just my portion alone will be six figures of residual income. Dude, it's one thing to make six figures a, a month, a month of residual income. It's one thing to make six figures actively. Dude, that's cool. Yep. Bro, totally different ball game to earn it passively. Hell yeah, bro. For it. Dude. Totally different. Like and people like compare the two, dude, they're, they're not comparable. It's, it's not even apples and oranges. It's like, it's friggin' uh, bananas and, and steaks, right? It's totally different. Hell yeah, bro. That's why I want to bring you onto the channel, bro. <laughs> but, but, but here's, and that's cool, right? That's, that's cool. You can't, you can't pay bills with equity and deals though. Like, like that's cool. But think about this. This is the powerful part. A season of my life, I built my, court, my current portfolio in four years. In the past 48 months, 3,200 units, great. Dude, that portfolio over the next 25 years will be completely paid off. So I'll be 50, in my late 50s at that time, right? In my late 50s, I don't know what the property is going to be worth, but I'd say in, in 25 years, properties will, values will probably double. I think that's probably a pretty safe bet. I, I'd say that property values today are probably double what they were in the mid early nineties, right? So if my pro portfolio, if I never buy another building, my portfolio is worth $500 million and it's owned free and clear. And I own on uh, like, dude, my, my net worth is, is nine figures at that time. If I never do another deal. So that's not to like brag. That's not to say how cool I am. That's to say, for a season of your life, are you willing to put your head down and work your ass off, right? Are, are you willing to do that for four, five, six years? Like in order to change your family's legacy forever, like you can do that. It's totally feasible, but you got to be willing to do whatever the hell it takes to get the job done. And there's a lot of people, dude, who just don't want to work right now, man. I agree, bro. Dude, I agree. So dude, Tim, next one, bro. 
is you mentioned about burning the ship, bro. I, dude, some people have issue with this. What is, what is your advice, bro? Don't be a pussy, dude. Burn the ships. <laughs> like, like, like I, I mean, what, what do you want me to... All right, hey, you got a safe job. It's a stable job. It's a good job. A good job's an oxymoron, dude. There's no such thing as a good job. So uh, to me, a lot of people like... Here, here's the thing, dude. There's a lot of people who don't follow their goal. There's a lot of people who don't even know that what their goal is. Like my daughter's four years old. She watches uh, uh, all these Disney movies, right? And she's all into... Um, Alice in Wonderland right now. So she's watching Alice in Wonderland. I'm sitting there with her, hanging out with my daughter. And, and Alice in Wonderland, she's going through Wonderland. And she gets to this like fork in the road, right? The Cheshire cat appears, this invisible cat. And uh, she's like, oh, Mr. Cat, like which way should I go? And the cat's like, well, where, where do you want to go? And she's like, I don't really know. He goes, I guess it really doesn't matter where you go then, does it? Like take whatever path because you don't know where the hell you're going. And I'm like, Dude, how many people go through life like that? They have no idea what their destination is, right? And so they're just kind of aimlessly floating on a, on a, on a feather in the wind, uh, letting for somebody else influence them on where they need to go. So, dude, the number one thing you need to figure out is what is the destination, right? Remember MapQuest a few years ago, like 10 years ago? Like you'd have to go in they, before GPSs and you type in the destination, you type in where you're starting from, and then it can generate a map on how to get there we go through life, but we don't have the, the destination, right? Uh, and a lot of people aren't serious or they're not realistic about where they currently are either. So you got to have a destination. You got to have a starting point before you can reverse engineer the map in order to get there. And so, excuse me, uh, I, like, like the important thing is understanding what is the goal. And then if your goal is to go out and buy apartment buildings or your goal is to go out and uh, buy retail office, or, or your, your goal is to go out and buy warehouses or whatever it is. I don't know what your goal is. Your goal is to go and retire and, you know, run a, run a shipping company or a boating company to take a bunch of vacationers out in the Mediterranean every single day of your life. Like, that's cool. I think that's a cool goal. Why don't, why aren't you doing it then? Like, why not? Why are you doing this shit over here? Why don't you just go and do that? Like you can do this stuff, whatever your goal is. Like you can put yourself on that path right now. Like, why would I keep on? And I remember having this conversation with myself, like, why am I flipping houses if I don't want to flip houses anymore? If that's not my long-term goal is to continue being a flipper, why am I even spending any time on it? Dude, life is too short. So let's only spend time on putting us towards this goal. And let's just focus on this. Let's burn the ships. And I think when, when you're lukewarm in anything, dude, might as well not even be involved in it, right? Like when you burn the ships, the, the whole idea is this Greek army goes, you know, to, I don't, I don't know if it was Sparta or the Spartans or whatever it was, but they take, they take all their ships and they go to whatever the land is that they're going to go in battle. And then they, and then the, the commander of the army, the general of the army burns all the ships and everybody's like, holy shit, what, how, how are we going to go? How are we going to go home? He's like, well, you better win the war. Right. And so that's the entire idea. You're either going to win or you're going to die trying. And guess what happens? You friggin' figure out a way to overcome and succeed and, and uh, um, uh, get past any adversities that are facing that you're facing because that's your only option. And, and humans, as people, dude, we have a, a very good way of, of figuring it out when our back is against the wall, right? We're not going to let ourselves die. And at the end of the day, Dude, all right, can you really die because you burn the ships? You're not going to freaking die. We're not battling Siberian like like 
Siberian tigers and, and like, uh, there's no real danger in, in its economic thermostat, but dude, there's no real danger in it. So at the end of the day, dude, what's the worst case scenario? You move back in with your parents, you move back in with your buddy, like, Hey, maybe like, but you're not going to die. Our, our physical instincts, you know, like put these fears in our head as if we're going to die from taking a, taking a risk or trying something new. And the reality is it's not, it's not real. It's fake. It's, it's fear, right? And fear is not a real thing. Uh, it's, it's the same thing as faith, right? It's just, they're both, faith and fear are the exact same thing. Both are believing in something that has not yet come true. That has not happened. The only difference is one's positive and one's negative. You know, the, the best part of that, this is you get to choose whether you want to be positive or whether you want to be negative. It's up to us. At the end of the day, dude, it all comes back down to mindset. Wow, bro. So now, now this leading to the final question, Tim, is if knowing what you know now, bro, man, there's so much bomb in this, in this interview. Tim, knowing what you know now, bro, like knowing and having all the knowledge right now, bro, if you were to start all over again, bro, I, I want to know this. If you were to start all over again, dude, like what would you do, dude? Like what would you do to get to where you are? Like, like you know. I, if I'm talking to, you know, 22-year-old Tim straight out of school, I'm telling me to focus on three things. One is finding deals. Two is finding money. And three is join a mastermind, right? If you're involved in real estate, there's only two actions that are revenue generating activities, finding deals and finding money. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what market cycle we're in, doesn't matter what market you're physically in, doesn't matter what's going on with the economy, if you can find deals and you can find money, you can do real estate. Like that's, that's the only two skill sets you need in order to do this. Everything else is just noise, everything else. So staff out everything else, you as the CEO of your business, focus on finding deals, finding money. Then. There's going to be shit that hits a fan. And as you reach different levels in life and in different levels in business, guess what? There's different levels of problems, right? That come with it. And so what's important is, is to have a mentor or to have a group that can help you push through and push past a lot of those hurdles and a lot of those, those uh, uh, struggles, right? And so when I, when I joined a mastermind, dude, that excelled and accelerated my, uh, um, my growth in a massive way. And I was able to push through a glass ceiling. And then all of a sudden, guess what? There was another issue that came up. So when I went back the next quarter, I said, Hey guys, here's what I got going on. No problem. The collective brain power and experience in the room was like, dude, here's all you got to do. Here's what I did six months ago or six years ago, or, you know, four months ago when I was facing the same problem. Great. That's cool. And then you can keep on doing more deals and keep on pushing through, pushing to the next level. And, um, and dude, it just accelerates your growth. I like, I like finding a local mentor or finding a mentor, but dude, I like masterminds a lot better because there's, there can be other personalities that you just kind of connect with in that mastermind and, and the people get to know you and you kind of have like 15 mentors or 20 mentors or 120 mentors if you're in CG, right? Yeah. So it just kind of, uh, uh, that's what I, that's what I would tell myself, uh, you know, 10, 12 years ago. Awesome, dude. Once again, bro, Tim, I want to say, dude, thank you so, so much for your time to jump on this interview with me at CG, bro. I'm going to pull you aside, bro. I'm going to ask you a bunch more questions. Um, so, Tim, how do dude, you guys, everyone listening, Tim is the real deal, dude. This guy is a freaking monster player when it comes to buying. So, you guys already know his niche and what he does and all that. So, now, Tim, how, 
how do people follow you and connect with you, dude? Yeah, I mean, I'm active on social media on Facebook mostly. So connect with me on Facebook, uh, shoot me a friend request and uh, just let me know what you guys got going on. And um, dude, I'm, I'm always looking for deals. And I'm always looking for money, right? So if you got apartment buildings and you want to send it over my way, send them over. Like we're, we're always doing that stuff. And um, I do a little bit of coaching, not, not a ton, but a little bit. I, I hold events like once a quarter on how to scale into apartments. So it's called commercial empire. You guys want to check that out. That's more formal, right? You got to pay for that. But I put out a lot of free content on, uh, on Facebook, okay. how I'm doing deals, how I'm structuring things, um, how I'm raising money, how I'm, I'm, I'm finding off market opportunities, uh, talking about project management stuff, talking about, you know, building a business mindset, a lot of that stuff I put on, on Facebook. So, uh, dude, just connect with me there. And, and, uh, if there's ways that we can make money together. That's awesome. Awesome. So Tim, Facebook is his team brats or Instagram. Yep. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I'm on Instagram, Tim Bratz, at Tim Bratz. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, at Tim Bratz. I'm in Twitter, at Tim Bratz. I don't really do much on Twitter. Uh, I post a little bit on, on uh, and I really just recirculate my existing content from Facebook onto Instagram and onto uh, uh, LinkedIn. So if you guys connect with me on, on Facebook, that's going to be the best bet. Awesome. You guys, Tim, thank you so much. And everyone that's watching, I hope this interview add a ton of value to you because it did to me. It really opened me up. You know, speaking to someone at, at a way higher level than you really gets you open up, gets you excited, gets you pumped up, gets you inspired, motivated. So, Tim, thank you so much, bro, for starting my day off good, bro. I really appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you in CG. Every one of you that are watching, if you haven't subscribed to the channel, boom, smash the subscribe button turn on the bell notification. Also too, is if you do enjoy this interview, add any value to you, be sure to smash the thumbs up for me and go uh, uh, follow my man, Tim. Thank you so much, bro. Have a good day, dude. Thanks, buddy. Yep, ciao.